2: here we go it's another big week in the nfl for the green bay packers this is the packers wire podcast powered by usa today sports now your host brian o'leary and packers wire editor zach cruz
3: man, Zach, nothing gets you ready for a game with the 49ers than a loss to the Vikings that makes you remember what it felt like to get punched in the mouth over and over during that NFC Championship game against the 49ers, right? Because that's what Dalvin Cook did. You wrote about it on the Packers Wire. That was a painful loss to the Vikings, uh, not one that the Packers wanted to drop at all, right? I mean, we were talking about them trying to compete with the Buccaneers and some of these other teams, the Seahawks, for the number one seed and and that loss on Sunday puts a dent in those hopes. Uh, What do you think about that?
4: Yeah, it was definitely a game they needed to win if they're going to be the number one seed uh, here in January but I do think it was a kind of a worry coming into the game you know the, the wind at Lambeau Field was going to be a factor and you knew that the Vikings were going to get a boost from the, from you know those elements kind of changing the complexity of the game and they got Delvin Cook back and they just fed him the ball kind of protected Kirk Cousins with the run and you know Cook went off against a you know you got to call it a shaky run defense again I think you know the Packers you know, they look pretty good against the run for about a month there but they obviously took a major step back last week and now you know it looks like it's going to be a big worry for this team again moving forward.
3: Speaking of worries, there's plenty going on with the Packers, not only coming off that tough division loss, right? But they got some COVID issues going on, and we're dealing with this. We're recording here on Wednesday night. Game is Thursday night. The Packers got on the plane, right, Zach? So they're on the way over there. I know A.J. Dillon gets placed on the COVID-19 list. Jamal Williams is also on there, along with uh, linebacker Kamal Martin. We know Aaron Jones has been banged up, right? So what's going on with the Packers with the COVID situation? Uh, It sounds like the latest reports are that this game is going to happen on Thursday, but... But obviously, they could easily move it.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see what happens here. You know, obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday, and the, the Packers did fly out. I'm pretty sure this afternoon. So, you know, this this podcast will obviously be airing on Thursday. So we don't have all the information right now. But yeah, it sounds like they're flying out there. The game is on, according to the NFL. So I do think there's some wiggle room here, though. If you know things go haywire, you know the league could definitely push it back. You know, you'd think to even as far back as maybe Monday or Tuesday. But that's going to would be tough to do once the Packers fly out there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to depend on the test results. Probably Thursday morning, we'll we'll get a good indication if the game's going to be played tomorrow, but it sure seems like the NFL wants to, you know, push this through and then you know, maybe adjust on the fly if some more positives pop up tomorrow.
3: No shocker there with the yeah. way the NFL's kind of handled things here as we've gone. And
4: exactly.
3: Hey, whenever the Packers do play this 49ers team, they're not going to recognize anyone they're playing anyway. We can talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I wanted to talk about the trade deadline a little bit right off the bat here, Zach. You were all over it. You kind of identified the position the Packers were going to go for. You, you know, you brought up the scenario last week about Michael Gallup being a good fit contract-wise, player-wise, all that. And uh, it didn't end up being Gallup that they were rumored to be in on. It was Will Fuller, right, of the Texans. Another guy that makes a lot of sense. A guy on the last year of his rookie deal. A guy that's having a really good season. And the Texans are kind of, you know, having another one of those years where they're losing a lot of games and and could be looking to move on from a couple guys and maybe start over a little bit over there. But those discussions never reached the point where the Packers want to give up a high draft pick. And Will Fuller picked in the first round in 20 16. So who knows what the Texans were asking for? Do you have any insight on that? Or is it just like, if the Texans are asking for a first or second rounder, I think the Packers were like, you know, go pound sand kind of thing, right?
4: Yeah. The reports that came out a little bit said that that Houston was looking for a second round pick. And I think the Packers only wanted to go a fourth round pick. Yeah. So yeah, I I do think they really wanted Fuller and I I definitely think they see a need at receiver. You know, they've been interested in a bunch of these guys over the last year. Just haven't been able to get it done. They, you know, they've proven they're just not going to panic and overpay for a receiver. You know, for better or worse and you could argue that sending a second round pick to, to Houston for fuller would be an overpay you know yeah he's probably going to be a rental player that you're only going to get eight or nine games out of that's a pretty steep price but sometimes when you're a contender and you need a spark and there's a guy available that could really help your team you just, you kind of got to go for it but Packers obviously weren't comfortable with it here
3: so a little surprising that they couldn't meet in the middle and, and come up with maybe like a third rounder, you know, and maybe or something yeah. like that. I'm a little surprised yeah. that they didn't make it make it happen.
4: Uh, yeah, I'm guessing the, the Texans want to, they think they're going to get a, a compensatory pick for him maybe in 2022. Yep. So, you know, a third round pick, you know, you can fast track that and get it in 2021 if you make that deal. But, you know, obviously both sides stuck to their guns.
3: So that's the only kind of deal it seemed like the Packers are really in on. They don't end up making a big deal at the deadline. And uh, so now they could, Choose to address the wide receiver position in other ways if they want to go that route. But what do you think about that, Zach? Them being in on Fuller, not getting that done, and then not really doing anything else to kind of stand Pat. What's your reaction to that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I don't think they have some magic fix here now for him. Uh, they're they're going to get Alan Lazard back from from injured reserve. You know, he could. He can possibly play Thursday night, I guess, if they activate him tomorrow. Um, that's a pretty big deal. He's, you know, he's having a good year. I think they think he can be a pretty solid number two. But you know, they're going to have to lean on M V S to play that deep threat role, which Will Fuller would have been perfect for, to be honest. Seriously, you know, that would have been that would have been a huge upgrade for him. They just signed Seth Roberts. He's got a little experience. I don't know what, if he can offer much. Uh, I do think Equanime St. Brown is going to get some more playing time here, especially if you know MDS keeps disappearing like he has, like over the last month. So I don't know. Like I said, there is. And a magic fix here it's just gonna to have to be you know these young guys playing better
3: and no magic fix coming on the defense either right who you know that coming in the offseason the Packers kind of did what they did stick with Mike Pettin right this is the team we're rolling with and we're kind of seeing some of the same things we saw in the NFC championship game that was painful right. against Alvin Cook let's talk about the defense here on the other side we'll do that coming up
2: next fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini
5: from TheHuddle.com. Welcome to week number nine. I'm Corey Bonini of Huddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for your fantasy football lineups. All four of these guys are a little bit on the risky side, but that's where we're at this time of the year. Quarterback Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Carr is quietly on pace for his best fantasy football season to date, even after a lousy Week 8 game. The Raiders are getting healthier, and the quarterback position has averaged 25.8 fantasy points per game this year against the Bolts. Five quarterbacks have gone for at least 20 points, and three have gone for 24 or more in the last four contests alone. Jets running back LaMichael Pirine should see a pretty healthy workload against the New England Patriots. It probably won't be pretty in terms of yardage, but there's a hint of upside here as a flat play with a player who faces a defense that has given up seven rushing touchdowns on the year and what's maybe even more alarming is five of them were over just the past two contests there's hope here for a situational football break to go p ryan's way Another rookie, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons. He saw 10 targets last week, and he has averaged nearly 7 looks per game when Drew Locke has started all four contests. While the touchdowns haven't been there, this could change in Week 9. Atlanta has given up 5 touchdowns in 5 games and 8 on the entire season. The matchup is a little better suited for PPR volume, though, which is another reason why you should get him in your lineup. Finally, tight end Greg Olson of the Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have given up 6 touchdowns to the position in games helping create four performances of at least 17.8 ppr points keep in mind this could be a risky situation especially seeing as there's so many weapons for seattle to spread the ball around we saw last week olson can get lost in the shuffle in a hurry he is an intriguing risk reward decision with several prize fantasy tight ends either hurt or underperforming for more fantasy football information news and advice check out the huddle.com
0: just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh
3: Zach, I read on the Packers wire that Mike Pettin's probably on the hot seat at this point. And, uh, you know, you got to think he is, right? I mean, the defense, you want to see it improve. And every now and then we see little glimpses of it. But I think we know that the Achilles heel right now is the Packers defense. That's what's holding them back from being a legit surefire Super Bowl contender and you you just kind of feel like that's the Achilles heel like no matter how well the offense performs how efficient it is at some point a team with a good running game could just smash the football down your throat limit the possessions of Aaron Rodgers and also the Packers are up against it right so what do you think about the D obviously there's no quick fixes coming on the defense they didn't trade for a guy that could tackle we saw linebackers kind of move a little bit yesterday there wasn't a ton of big deals across the league but some linebacker movement the Packers decided to stand pat and uh, what does that mean for the defensive side of the football and how do they write this ship because they kind of have what they have at this point
4: yeah I think you're seeing a lot of the, the same fatal flaws they had last year and, you know they're not doing a lot of the good things they did last year you know forcing turnovers pressuring the quarterback all that stuff so I, I do think it's tough because do you blame the players who aren't making those big plays Are they're missing tackles they're not getting pressure on the quarterback or do you blame the, the play caller and coordinator since you know the personnel here is almost as, exactly the same as you had last year so right. yeah you know, I, I think you can argue a lot of the blame you know lands on the players that a lot of them haven't been as good or impactful as they were last year. But you know, Petton's definitely on the hot seat. They they invested a lot in this defense, took some big steps forward last year, but you know, it's it's regressing in a major way across several categories this year. And, you know, it, it really is the same per- personnel. And now you gotta you gotta bring that personnel out to San Francisco and play the 49ers who, you know, they ran you over in the NFC title game last year. So, you know, this is a big one for Mike Petton. Uh you know, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. He can scheme up some great stuff, but if he beats you up with a JV offense which is what the 49ers are going to have on Thursday night. You know, it's, it's going to be a really bad look for Patton going into a stretch where you know the Packers don't play for 10, 11 days. And you know, maybe maybe that's enough time for for Matt Lafleur to make uh, some hard decisions on defense.
3: Oh, Zach uh, Shanahan's done it to other teams. He did it to Belichick. He did it oh, to yeah. uh, he did it to the Giants with the JV offense, just pounding yep. the football right down your throat. And they're going to do it with like Jamichael Hasty or whoever this is. You know, some guys that we've yep. never heard of, and they're just going to run the football. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big moment for the Packers. They can't get run over by the backups from the San Francisco 49ers.
2: If if there's
4: one coach who can pull it off, it's Kyle Shanahan because he kind of owns Mike Benton. You know, you look over the the course of their coaching careers and and Mike Benton's had a lot of problems with Kyle Shanahan. So uh, yeah, I I think it's still a big worry even with the personnel the 49ers are going to have.
3: They don't only dodge Raheem Mostert in this, the running back that just destroyed the Packers in the NFC Championship game last year, but they're avoiding Jimmy G, which that might be unfortunate for the Packers that Jimmy G's not playing because he's not played well, but they're going to see uh, Mullins to back up they're not gonna see Debo Samuel they're not gonna see George Kittle you know on the other side Bosa he's not gonna be playing on defense like basically anyone you've heard of from the 49ers is on the injured list right is not going to be playing in this ball game it's unbelievable and Zach I think you shared a tweet about this on one of your posts on the Packers wire no player who touched the ball in the NFC championship game for the 49ers is even going to be active. For this game against the Packers?
4: Yeah, that isn't that an amazing stat. Nobody I mean, touched touched touch, touch the football during the NFC championship game is gonna play in this game on Thursday night. So yeah, it's just amazing how different this team is gonna look. You know, it really bears no resemblance to the team that beat up on the Packers twice last year. You know, like you said, quarterbacks out, bunch of running backs are out, both the top receivers are out, the all pro tight end is out, they're they're great pass rushers out, their best corners out. You know, one of their other corners might not play. They just traded Alexander away. So I almost think that might put more pressure on the Packers because this almost feels like now or never time like if, if you can't beat this version of the 49ers you may never beat them so it felt like this could have been a nice like measuring stick for the Packers as a contender but now it's just one of those games where you're almost expected to win it based on all the injuries and guys missing on the 49ers so yeah they really need to take care of business on Thursday night
3: and they're expected to they're favored we'll talk about that here coming up next but on the Packers side of the football uh, for the running backs with with the COVID situation and Jones being injured. Who's carry like who's who are they gonna hand it off to? Because like Rogers <laughs> he kind of excels off that play action now.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The running game is a huge thing and it sounds like, you know, they're, they're not going to have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon. So yeah, they're, they're scrambling a little bit at running back for sure. I think they do like Tyler Irvin who can, you know, he, he played running back in college. He, he plays a little bit of receiver. He's kind of their gadget jet motion guy. So if they want to keep him in that, you know, specialized role, it's probably going to be, you know, Dexter Williams is the lead back on Thursday. Probably not a lot of people know who he is. He only has five career carries. He hasn't carried it at all this year. So he's definitely an unknown, but you well, know, Packers really liked him coming out of Notre Dame uh, last year. He's, you know, he's got some size. He's explosive as a runner. So it'll be interesting. Lafleur hasn't really trusted him over these last two years. He's he hasn't been great as a pass protector or as a pass receiver either. So it's still a really great opportunity for him. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit last, last week about the running backs and, you know, maybe how they don't, they don't really matter. So you know, this is an opportunity for Dexter Williams to prove that, you know, maybe he can be more than just a practice squad guy for the Packers. You know, they have to make big decisions about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and obviously they're going to have A.J. Dillon next year, so maybe this is a spot where Dexter Williams proves he can be you know, a part of the offense for next year.
3: Thursday Night Football Week 9, this is the game for guys that people have never heard of across the country to uh, to step up and shine, right? And we're all going to learn who who all these players from the 49ers are and (laughs) the Packers, so let's talk more about this matchup with the 49ers. We'll do that coming up next.
2: (laughs) It's that time again for the line of the Week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Esten McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
0: Hello, I'm Esten McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet and Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 9 Sunday night football matchup between the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs, they're six and two coming in. Five and a half point favorites, minus 110 odds. The Saints, five and two, plus 5.5 underdogs, minus 110 odds again. Big NFC South battle. Bucs come in in first place, Jeff. Can they hold on against New Orleans Saints? Everyone's down on Drew Brees right now, and it feels a little ageist to me. Old man Drew is seventh in the league in QBR, and he hasn't had his two best weapons on the field for most of the year. Speaking of which, he should be getting back wide receiver uh, Michael Thomas, who is the reigning offensive player of the year. And the Saints' defense is improving. They've even invested here at the trade deadline by acquiring former San Francisco 49ers linebacker Quan Alexander. Give me the Saints plus the points. I'm taking the Bucks. I like them. You talking about Michael Thomas coming back, Antonio Brown's debut for the Buccaneers. That Bucks defense looking great as well, second in the NFL with 28 sacks. Subscribe to Betslip podcasts on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: So, Zach, you're usually right on the money with the uh,
3: point spread, so we got to talk about the betting line here. The Packers open up, or I'm not sure if they opened at six points, but they're six-point favorites right now in my app going on the road against this banged-up 49ers team. That, that number seems a little low to me. Now, last week I did put a wager on the Packers to cover the six points, and... That didn't work out,
2: okay? So, obviously, that
3: didn't work out so hot. But what do you think? Like, you would imagine that the Packers would be able to beat this 49ers team by a touchdown, but I think the line is kind of creeping a little bit closer because we don't know if the Packers could stop the run, right? And that could just change things if they can't. So, what do you think about that number? Packers, minus six on the road.
4: Yeah, like we said, this is going to be like a JV 49ers team, so I get why the line is is like that for the Packers, but I I would still be terrified of it. I think I'm going to be tempted to pick the 49ers still in this game it's a short week it is lost at home it's a long road trip you know teams from the, the central time zone that have to go to West Coast on a Thursday night. I don't think they've ever won. I did a little research on that. I don't think they've ever won. So that's a big deal. They got issues at running back. I'm just not sure if they're the 49ers are just such a tough matchup for this team. Yeah. 49ers are a big, big physical team. They punch you in the mouth. They run it. The Packers just don't match up real well. I, I, I hesitate to call them soft because you don't ever want to call a football team soft, but that's kind of how they play. They're kind of front runners a little bit. I don't know. That line scares the heck out of me. I, I'm not sure I jump
3: on that. Maybe a little bit like with you describing it, maybe those old Rams teams back in the day with Kurt Warner, right? The, the teams that were just so awesome on offense. Yeah. But then when you hit them in the mouth, they kind of you know they kind of have a hard time. You know you, When you get really physical with them or, or line up, run the ball down their throat or, or hit them hard on defense, they kind of wilt a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if the Packers are officially that thing, but that's a good point. So I'm, I, that's a little surprising. So you like the 49ers and, and you know, it's a good point when you just think about it from a betting standpoint. The Packers are dealing with the COVID thing. I'm sure, the election right now is weighing on everybody, right? It's weighing on everybody's families. That's a thing going on in every household. And Mm -hmm. they have to do this short week, long flight thing, you know, not sure if they were going to even make the flight on Wednesday. So all of that's kind of working against the Packers. This is like a big adversity game for them, kind of. And, And the Niners have been a nemesis right they can't beat this team right. i like your take on that i kind of i'm starting to lean 49ers as well which i, I can't believe i'm doing with the roster that shanahan's going to be putting out there but you have been tweeting it, about shanahan you like him
4: it would be amazing if the 49ers won this game with that roster but yeah i think Kyle Shanahan's probably the best coach in football you know that offense you know it doesn't need superstar players to to produce and i hate the Kyle Shanahan Mike Pettin matchup for the packers so it, it worries me a lot i think this is a game that you know the packers are going to be expected to win. Everyone's going to expect him to beat this this team that's missing a bunch of players, but it's still a bad matchup in my mind.
3: What do you think about the over-under? Is it, it, right now it's at 49.5, probably creeps below 50 because of running game situation and the fact that that clock could be moving a lot if the 49ers are picking up first downs uh what, what do you think low scoring or high scoring here
4: yeah i think i think the 49ers probably needed to be a low scoring game and i Agreed. think that's probably how they play it they're gonna they're gonna run it a lot i think it's just a tough matchup for the packers especially on on offense too i think that defense could still play i mean you're a patriots fan you saw what they did to to cam yeah, newton and yeah, those guys the don't, other, i don't want to talk about the patriots the I other week they, they can still play a little bit. Yeah, don't do so, it to me. Yeah, I think a run game and a, a, a defense that can still play, can still fly around a little bit. I think they're going to limit points here, and that's how the 49ers are going to win if they do.
3: Well, the 49ers came into Foxborough and destroyed the Patriots. It was freaking embarrassing. And uh, yeah, and well, and, and the Patriots are two and five, Zach, too. So w- we don't have any idea out here in New England what to do. We have no clue, like, what's going on. Like, two and five? Like, we never, we, in two decades, we've never been here. And meanwhile, we got to watch Tom Brady on national TV every single weekend. Just lighten it up, be six and two, right? And go play for the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah, don't. you just you just opened up a wound on me, my, my man.
4: I'm sorry about that I I mean Packers fans went went through it a little bit with uh, you know they shipped Brett Favre off and he came back and played really well for one year in Minnesota but at least they had Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings
3: (laughs) yeah and and this is like I'm getting a little nervous too with the Packers COVID situation the Broncos have some COVID going on too like you know I know the NFL's been talking about shifting to a potential 16 game postseason if they have to lose a couple weeks during the regular season like yeah I'm starting to get a little worried Zach like where's your panic level with that now. It's starting to say, um, you know, the kids are going up across the country a little bit.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's growing a little bit. This week is the first time the Packers have really dealt with it since the, the yep. very start of training camp. So, yeah, I'd say it's growing. Wisconsin's a hotbed still for COVID-19, right. so uh, it's, it's probably going to be an issue for the Packers all year. And the thing is, they've already had their buy, so there's not a whole lot of wiggle room for them. And, you know, I guess this is probably the best week for this to happen, because if they need to move it, they can from a Thursday night to, you know, maybe a Monday or Tuesday. But, yeah, my concerns growing a little bit for for the Packers and the rest of the league.
3: It would just suck if they moved the game and they're already out in California. You know,
4: <laughs> yeah, and especially because you know you fly out there and you, you check into a hotel and then you can't leave that hotel. So yeah, yeah so they're stuck they'd essentially be stuck in a hotel for a couple days, and I think that'd be that'd be another intangible they'd have to overcome.
3: A lot of adversity this week for the Packers, but this is why they get paid well, Zach. This is why, this exactly. is why they get paid good contracts. Stay safe and healthy. All right, my man.
2: Yeah, you too, Ryan. <laughs>